Hey, it's Cody. And Matt. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The The Coma Coma Cast. Cast. Matt, we're going to be diving into all things involving the LGBT community, including our own lives. And don't forget our cats. We don't want to forget them. The Coma Cast starts now. Podcasting from the Lone Star State in Southern California, you're listening to The Coma Podcast with Cody and Matt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Coma Cast. It is Thursday, June 17th, 2021, and we thank you for joining us for another episode here of the Coma Cast. Today, we're going to be talking about a Supreme Court ruling that should be coming down at any moment before here the month is up. Uh, it talks about LGBTQ and foster care. Uh, it's a very important case. Now, we're also going to be talking about uh, David Archuleta, some news about him. I'm sure many of you have already seen that, and I thought... This was interesting. A new study came out as far as LGBT identification. It's on the rise actually here in the United States. We'll look at some numbers there. But it is Thursday. We've almost made it through the entire week. Matt, it's been a little hot there, I think. Oh, my God. It's miserable. And of course, our useless governor was like, everything's been done to fix the power grid. That's why we're going to do the, our part of the border wall ourselves. And <laughs> three days in a 90 degree weather, they're telling us to turn your sleeping temperatures up to 83 at night. Like literally that's one of the tips. Yeah. Stop like using your oven, I believe. (laughs) So turn off uh, your lights was really hot in the house. Like the last couple of days have been really, really hot in the house. I'm sitting in my office. I'm very uncomfortable. Like as we're doing this. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh God. Um, we, recorded the other day it was also the same and so we have very uh you know an ac off we typically turn it off during peak times anyway Mm -hmm. you know like during that like kind of three to five but we've had heat ranges uh heat warnings from like one to seven p.m every day that's a really wide window to not use your ac so it's just kind of you know trying to stay as cool as possible and, uh, you know, we don't exactly have a swimming pool here or an ac- any access to one. So there's really kind of nothing to do. Um, I mean, I'm typically a fan of the heat, but even I'm like, OK, that's enough. Yeah, and we had to run an errand. And it was already 99 and it's technically not even summer yet. So I'm like, uh oh, we are we are in for it. Yeah, I thought it was so ridiculous when I started seeing things about Ericot asking people to uh, <laughs> basically don't do anything and suffer in the heat like they told everyone to suffer in the cold. Um, it, it, there's always a tweet for anything. It sings for people on the conservative side. But there is, a, a, I believe, a House member senator from the state of Texas who tweeted something about California can't keep their electricity on, blah, blah, blah. But we in Texas can. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, we're the only ones not connected to the grid, and it's just us. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, it's so ridiculous. I, I mean, I think that's one of the important things. Um, there's the infrastructure bill that's in Congress right now. Obviously, a lot of conservatives are against it, so it's being like, is it even going to pass? Democrats may have to go out alone, but then we know there's a whole issue. There's not enough votes. But uh, that infrastructure bill provides money for infrastructure such as the electric grid uh you know like california the electric grid is not good here either uh it's not really hot because summer here is like delayed two months from everybody else and so like you know we start getting to our summer like in august september october 
I, I probably we're going to have, again, blackouts, brownouts rolling throughout the area because the infrastructure is just horrible. And then out here, you have the issue with the infrastructure like that. And then fires happen. And so then they turn off the electricity to certain areas completely for long periods of time. And so the infrastructure in America just sucks in many, many places. I don't really know a place that it's like amazing and can withstand a lot of stuff because we like Northeast ice things go down. Um, Things go down, but it's not, that's at least explainable. Like, you know, ice brings down a tree, which comes down on a power line. Okay. You're, you're out for a few hours. It's not because everybody got super overwhelmed. Um, the problem we had in Pennsylvania was people who were maybe behind on their bills and not able to pay their power bills because they, get, they do get expensive up there. Um, we did have one year, like one year, like Christmas lights up. I got a $350 or $400 power bill and almost died. I was like, uh, hey, everyone, roommate, a.k.a. David was my actual roommate at the time. I was like, hey, I need, okay, help, <laughs> please help. Holy crap. Normally, if it was only a little bit over or whatever, I didn't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just yawned straight. <laughs> I mean, it's hot. It makes you sleepy. It is hot. It makes you it's tired. very uncomfortable. I am like a norm. So you'll see a lot of times I'm wearing a zip up or like a thin hoodie when I'm yeah. at my desk. My desk is glass, so I stick to it. So I will usually wear a hoodie so I don't, you know, stick to mm-hmm. it or leave oily prints all over it. And I can't do that right now. So it's been getting hotter and hotter as we've been in here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's clearly something that uh, we as America need to start looking at uh, to help build the, these infrastructures up and make them so that people are not losing power. And many older people or people that need electricity aren't lo- not losing power when they need to. Right. I, I, I think like even in the Northeast, you have the issues with the power lines being down. And the thing is, if these companies back would... But if these companies would ground them, put them underground, that's what they're doing here in San Diego. Um, and it's it's been very beneficial. Uh, I know like when I was in Texas, the areas, which happen to usually be wealthier areas, all electricity ran underground. We rarely lost power. The poor neighborhoods, all the power lines are above ground. They always lose power. And then many times they lost power for, you know, like days at a time because you know multiple power lines would go down so it's something we as america need uh to look at um and yeah so hopefully hopefully matt y'all won't go through a situation y'all did when um it was cold and lose power but um so everyone some good vibes to matt uh with this heat but speaking of matt i just wanted to go ahead and mention again everybody matt's book is out You can actually read it now. I'm still not overseeing. So I have not seen my book yet. Um, I ordered, so I can order author copies at cost, but they're not prime eligible. So mine are, I have a box of them arriving on June 26th. So I have not <laughs> actually seen my book because David got a, he has that Kindle Unlimited or that, uh, yeah. So he just reads, he read it this week or earlier this week and wrote me a review. Yay. Thanks, David. The review is hilarious. Like, <laughs> um, It is a genuine review for anyone that thinks David would write anything fluffy to just make me feel good is sorely mistaken. Um, but yeah, I have not seen it. So as people have been texting me, I'm so excited. I'm glad people are getting it. I'm glad people are hopefully enjoying it. 
Um, I've gotten some verbal comments that people told me that they felt uh, two people have told me separate people that they felt that it was a uh, kind of like almost like a Game of Thrones feeling. And I was like, oh, so I have never read any of the Game of Thrones books and I've only seen some of the some of a few seasons like so I don't like anything I know else I've had to know about. I've had to go look it up so I could understand what people were talking. Excuse me, what people were talking about. And even then, I know, like, some characters, and I know some storylines. Like, I don't... So, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to assume that's a good thing, as long as I don't I would know, say it's a I good thing. I don't want it to turn out like season eight. That's all I know <laughs> for sure. Well, and as long as you keep writing the books and don't get, like, stuck on a book for, like, five years and then it's still not published. So, George R. <laughs> R. R. Martin actually had the advice that made me feel best about writing that book, uh, which is funny because I was just stressed. Not stressed, but frustrated at myself for not working faster and not really knowing how many books I wanted to write or, you know, Oh, it's a series. Okay. How many? Well, I don't know. Um, and he goes, uh, he said a good day for him could be one to three pages. I'm like, you know what? That works for him. And it's obviously worked out fine. I mean, <laughs> but girl needs to hurry up at this book. point, <laughs> but yes, everybody, uh, Matt's book available at Amazon. The link will be in the show note description. So whatever podcast app you're looking at, go to the description and you can see the link. Uh, I am demanding everybody listening to this support Matt and go (laughs) buy this book now. Stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast and go buy this book. And then also leave a review if you're at this book. Yes. I'm going to be very upset if none of you don't. By the way, Matt better tell me on Friday that um, people have purchased this book. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to go on a rant. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm I'm just under the ten thousand word mark uh, in the second book. So for reference, the first book is about sixty five thousand words. This one wow. will probably be seventy five to eighty because I want each book to be about ten percent or so bigger. Um, I will tell everybody it's an easy read. You can see it's not super yeah. long, but this it's was, a great story. I hear. I just want everybody to enjoy the ride. Like this is not like. I did not put out something with like 98 storylines and tons of convoluted shit that you need a freaking map to. Um, he does have out. a map in here, though. But there is a map at the beginning of the book to reference geography. Um, I will give everybody a review coming up soon. As soon as I finish reading it in about a week or two, um, I will have a review. Everyone can check it out. We'll let everybody know. But again, go buy his book now. Stop. Pause Thank this you. and go buy the book. Um, so some stories uh, that we want to like just kind of talk about. Well, a little bit wait, here. hold on. If you oh, have a okay. Kindle Unlimited, it is free. If you have that Kindle Direct or whatever, mm. it's free on that. Otherwise, you can just download the Kindle app and read it there. Thank you. Yes, okay. digital. If if you want a book, go get the book too, <laughs> or do both. Do both. Support Matt. <laughs> um, some stories we want to kind of just look at here. Uh, Matt sent me this one uh, last night, I believe, um, and. It's before the Supreme Court right now. Of course, the Supreme Court hears um, different cases um, throughout the spring, and they usually roll on the cases in June. We know that because, you know, going back a handful of years ago, that's when marriage was legalized uh, on my birthday, actually, um, which is coming up. Um, Yes, it is. I do know that. (laughs) So uh, they rule on these cases in June. They've ruled 
on most of the cases already. Most of their big cases they've already ruled on. One case they have not yet to rule on um, is this case far as LGBTQ rights in foster care cases. Now, the court decision uh, is going to potentially have elastic implication for gay couples that are looking to start families. Now, it all is centering around the question of who gets to be a parent is not something the Supreme Court usually weighs in on, but this case in part uh, is a, kind of some tricky legal territory that many states have different rules and laws on. Now, same-sex marriage has been legal nationwide for nearly six years, but many religious organizations still regard it as unacceptable and therefore are unwilling to place children in LGBTQ homes. Now, the case, of course, is going to say, do these religious organizations have a right to prevent uh, gay people from adopting kids from their organizations or, you know, are they going to roll the other way? Of course, the Supreme Court is at this point now leaning Largely very conservative. conservative. <laughs> so I feel like we have an idea of where it could go, but we can always be surprised because John Roberts has at times shocked and surprised many on the conservative. And there's even been some rulings recently that have shocked some conservatives because you had some of the newer uh, justices that did not go the way that you were expecting on certain cases. Now, it's not on every case, but it has been interesting because sometimes when you get into onto the Supreme Court, um, you you don't know. Uh, I, I know many times the conservatives have put people in there and then they end up becoming somewhat moderate. So in this case, I don't think that's fully that way, but... It's, it's an always bothering case. me because we hear a lot about church law. Like the church, every church has their own, you know, every denomination have church laws. You know, that's how clergy are punished or promoted or things like that, um, following their own rules. And I just want to remind everybody, the church law is absolute bullshit. It's crap. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. It's the equivalent of a dollar is worth a dollar because we all believe it's worth a dollar. I mean, Jesus Christ all puns intended, like all of them. And that is what's being used to determine if somebody thinks somebody like me or Cody could be a parent. I'm like, oh my God, do you want to know how many kids are in foster care? Um, because of, let's see, how many kids are in foster care because of their straight parents? So which one of us here is not, I was taken away from my straight parents, you know? And in fact, I went running from my straight parents and the state agreed with me. The state agreed with a 10 year old that his parents were not the good idea. were not good to raise a child. So, you know, let's just remember that when we have to sit there and watch church law be litigated in the real world and that somehow it matters to the rest of us because, you know, Christianity isn't the only fucking religion in the world. Um, but that's what we have to live with here because we're not a Christian nation. That's why I feel like it should not abs- It should just not matter. Keep it, you know, if you're a church-based organization, then you're a church-based organization. You don't qualify for any federal benefits or anything like that. You know, you want to say pay taxes, you know, yeah. but it's just a disgusting, disgusting process. I discussed this with my very evangelical sister who was just like, well, you could go through other organizations and you could do this. And I'm like, you could stop deflecting because every time I corner her on it, when she brings it up, and I was like, this is just the reality. And she goes, well, you know, you could do other things. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to go through hoops to 
adopt a child that needs a family that matches with us. Like, and I, you know, I would, I would say, you know, a, a gay individual or a couple, whatever that chooses to adopt children, you know, it ends up being a costly endeavor. And so I would say that they are more committed many times than pretty much anybody uh, because they are making a point to to have this child, to adopt this child and to give them a good life. So um, we'll see on that case. Speaking of popular gay topics, this was one that was many years ago. Um, I actually looked him up not too long ago because I wasn't really sure because I always wondered if he came out. Um, former American Idol runner-up says he's part of the LGBTQ plus community in an Instagram post Saturday, 30-year-old David Archuleta announced this to over, announced to his over 400,000 plus followers. He's a member of the LGBTQ plus community. He said, I've been open to myself and my close family for some years now that I'm not sure about my own sexuality. It came out in 2014 as gay to my family. But then I had similar feelings for both genders, so maybe a spectrum of bisexual. And I also have learned I don't have too much sexual desires and urges as most people. And um, that's great for him. I think that, you know, it should be a world that he's allowed to be him. Um, I believe he is, I want to say Mormon. He comes from a Mormon background. Yeah. Um, and... So obviously, most of us that come from any sort of religious background that has impacted how we have come out, how we view ourselves, how we share, how we live our own lives. I think that I've always been like wondering about him only because I remember David Archuleta's father was banned from a competition from being around a competition because he was trying to psych out the other competitors when his kid, when David Archuleta was like seven. Like, these are like other seven-year-olds. This was a child's competition. Like, so that's the kinds of things I think of when people are, you know, are trying to express themselves. Like, I hope, I really hope that parents evolve along with their children, you know, as their children grow. Because, I mean, he's a 30-year-old man, you know. Like, when people come out and say, we should do or do this or do that, I'm just like, I can bang my way through the US of A if I want, because I'm a grown ass man. And as long as it's consensual, then leave me alone. So, um, so that's just the reality of it. So I really hope when you have people like David Archuleta, who is a little more comes from a more conservative background, as he's expressing himself and feeling more comfortable and to share with 400,000 people at once, even when like you and I, if you and I where they quote unquote come out on Twitter right now, that would be 4,000 people most. And most of them are not going to see it because of algorithms, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even this is the biggest platform I've ever had to say something like that. And even then it would be, it's a it's like a tiny fraction of a fraction of, of David Archuleta. And he's not even considered an A-list celebrity. And saying I'm not straight to 400,000 people is a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, when you look at this, uh, it's obviously a great thing. Um, it's It seems as though, you know, he's essentially been out, you know, as you said, since 2014, he's been out to his family and friends. Um, but I think in this case, he's chosen to go public with it. Uh, I, I guess going back real quick, I think it's good that he basically has been out since 2014. He's been living his life. It didn't fill the need 
to make this whole public thing uh, known like we have had recently with the Good Morning America thing and the former Bachelor contestant who wanted to make a show of it. Um, I think it's great that David Archuleta has just been kind of living his life. He's been out. He's been open. Um, but in this case, I think he has basically... Well, the other guy getting a show when he's actually a fucking stalker predator. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, know, there's a big freaking difference. I think in this case, you know, he's made the decision to like publicly talk about it because if you look at his um, Instagram post, it's pretty long because the post and then he continues his talk uh, post in the comment section. I think it's really targeted towards people in the Mormon community and many of his fans fans who may be religious because it really is speaking, I think to them specifically about accepting others. Um, and that we all are the same. We all are equal. There's no reason to have any negative thoughts on things. Obviously he talked about being religious and continuing to be religious and living this. And he, he has a happy life being religious and being gay. And you can have that, um, and speaking to right. that because I'm there's many people who are uh, in the Mormon belief that are gay and who struggle with that. I mean, there's a whole issue with like BYU and where you can't be out or you'll get kicked out of the university. There was just a guy he was about to graduate. Uh, I saw on TikTok and like someone complained to the the board. Uh, there's like a board that oversees like things and uh, he got kicked out like a week before graduation um, because yeah, he was gay. It's crazy. And people, so I was fairly, I would say not fairly religious, but that was definitely part of my life when I, at the time I was starting to come out and I got a lot of questions on how do you reconcile your faith and religion to, you know, your sexuality. And I'm like, well, first off I'm here first. I'm me. And that is me. And if, if you actually read the Bible uh, that would tell you that, Following that pile of crap is pointless. Like, I'm going to live my life. I don't care what's coming next, and I don't care what happened behind me. I'm a gay man right now, and that is who I am. So make up your mind. Either it's God's plan or it's not. Pick one. I don't care. That's your problem, not mine. And it just wasn't... I decided to not let it be a factor. Everybody likes to really comment on that, and I see a lot of... Twitter rabbit holes about people saying, oh, you really disrespecting God with all the gay stuff. And I'm like, well, at any point, God can make all of us, if if God is real in the way that y'all think he is, he can just make us go away or make us straight. Straight people have been birthing gays forever and they act like we aren't biologically capable of having children. We just choose not to. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that is the that is the big hang up. They think there's something wrong with us. I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just not you. And so but when you see a lot of people first come out, one of the first major things that almost everybody has to reconcile is how do I reconcile this with my ideologies? And most of our ideologies are in religion and the grounding of it. And most people don't even know the history of religion. They follow a religion that they go to every Sunday or they're indoctrinated into it or, you know, whatever you believe that's fine, but it does a huge amount of damage to our community. I mean, when you talk to somebody like you're the other day, it's very plain to most people when someone went to a private religious school, it's, I mean, it just like sings the other day you were like, 
oh yeah, I went to private school. I think you said middle school, high school. I know. I knew years before you told me. I knew in the first probably two hours of you talking to me because it just, it's like, you might as well wear a t-shirt. And it's that same way for most people, you know? And, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because like in your case, you live your best life and you're aware that there is a world bigger than your private school. But like growing up with friends that went to private school, they lived in like the tiniest little worlds that me coming out was like, Oh God. Oh God. What do I do? Uh, my best, one of my best friends at the time, for example, was a uh, Jehovah's witness, like a reborn Jehovah's witness because his family went back into it. And because he was a bit of a problem child at the time, you know, he kind of turned to it and helped get him on life on the right track. And I, I mean, I was supportive of him, but when I came out, he was like, what? You know, because as a Jehovah's Witness is very not, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it it causes almost like this like uh, collision of who you are, and then what you're trying to be. Like it's like they're intersecting at a stoplight, and they both ran the stoplight and smashed into each other, and then you just kind of pick up the pieces after. And for some people, that is earth shattering. For other people, like myself, I'm like. Well, I'm gay. That's cool. Yeah. It's your problem, not mine. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think like, like that's, in, that's just how I lived my life. So, yeah, like I think in his case, I believe that you can be religious, have religious beliefs, and be gay. Uh, because again, I think if you actually read the Bible, like it doesn't really mention anything about gay. And no, also there's the, there's a the whole issue of translation because the Bible has been handed down over decades and there's a translation issue of translation of words. As we've talked about, even on this podcast, even common words today have changed meanings from just like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what it means. And um, so, yes, people get indoctrinated and they don't think for themselves. So I think if you have a religious belief, uh, you can have that religious belief. Uh, many times I think it's important that you like explore things, research things, um, research everything you can and don't just take uh, what someone is saying um, I mean, religion as Religion was invented for the purpose of getting people to literally shower. I mean, the very beginnings of religion, it's it just like, oh my God, science people. And everyone thinks, well, how does science explain that? The whole point of science is that you always question things. It's like, we want science when, after it's peer reviewed. Why? Because it's always being criticized. It's always being evaluated. It's always being pushed at. Religion does not hold up to criticism. It does not hold up to everything's faith, 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 faith. Which, yeah, the faith in science is that you know that it's not maybe what you thought it was, but that's okay. Um, It's just, I am very much like empty the fucking pews. (laughs) Cody's like... Oh man. <laughs> well, I'm going to surprise. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Um so yeah, I think uh, a very important thing that he has done and stating that he, you know, it still has his religious belief. He's still gay. It can happen. Everyone can be okay and <laughs> just get along with everyone and love everyone and we'll hopefully it will change the minds of some of those younger fans that he has. Right. I guess that are now older now, but um yeah. Yeah, we're um, all like grown. <laughs> I, I know it's like <laughs> he was so young, but then we're like all now the same age, basically. Yeah, uh, let's, when he came out and said 2014, I think you and I would have been like in our 20s still, like late 20s. Uh, aging, <laughs> getting old, and my birthday's coming up. Uh. 
Uh, let's get to some headlines here. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, is upholding a male-only military draft by refusing men's rights group uh, lawsuit. The ACLU called it, quote, one of the last sex-based classifications in federal law, and it doesn't take trans people's identity into account, but the Supreme Court isn't going to touch it. So right now, the draft will remain male only. I think we're about out of the age where we could be drafted, you and I. Yeah, I think we passed it. <laughs> wow, we really are getting old. Preachers don't want us. The military doesn't want us. Oh, Cody, we are we are aging out. <laughs> um, Good thing you snatched up a husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the problem is he's really tall, so you know, I had to take him out and I had to like blow dart him. Um, so Nevada will start teaching LGBTQ history in K through 12 school curriculum. Um, it'll become the sixth st- sixth state in the nation to require lessons on LGBTQ people and historic events, which is pretty fascinating. Um, there, a lot of people do not realize how many. It's kind of like why we are still pushing, and we should all be pushing to have um, to push against the erasure of Black history, for example. There are so many events and so many things that have been invented and start or originated in the black community, for example, that then spread out and then have been systematically destroyed and erased in not only their community from their community and culture, but in the like the surrounding minority ones that it evolved or spread into until all we have left is basically uh European white males that somehow invented everything. And I'm like, what? No, that's not what happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we've mentioned before the need for uh, LGBTQ uh, education. And so thankfully in Nevada, it's going to start happening. Um, the San Francisco Giants make sports history wearing a pride themed uniforms. The Giants locker room overwhelmingly supported the decision to incorporate the colors of the progress pride flag into their uniforms. Not only is it just the pride flag, Thankfully, it's the progress pride flag. Um, but I think this is a great thing. Again, it's sports. So anytime you put this in sports, I think is a good thing because it it kind of forces the issue. Uh, it's to... interesting because the gays have such a... Um, our community has such a reputation for having like all these muscle, beefy people in it. And then our surprise when we all play sports or can play sports, it's like... Well, of course, some of these beefy people are going to be like <laughs> LGBTQ. Like, right? <laughs> Duh! <laughs> like, come on. Um, you know, we often don't talk about homophobic attacks, Cody. We try not to, like, when we're not doing crime week, because there is a lot to focus on. We don't just have to talk about it. But I did text you just now, live while we were recording, a homophobic attack that occurred on Twitter. And I sent it to Cody because, one, I'm kind of a monster and I thought it was funny. And if I thought of it, I would have said it to you, too. <laughs> and I hope you post <laughs> Oh, goodness. That's hilarious. <laughs> if you're watching... <laughs> if you're not watching, the, the exchange was, this was between two friends. But one of the guys was like, I'm five foot four. Who am I topping? And a guy, his friend commented, a pizza. <laughs> and it just really made me laugh i saw it last night and i thought you know what let's let's throw this in the news tomorrow because it's important to talk about homophobic attacks within the gay community (laughs) (laughs) that was good that was a good one 
Thank you. So on slightly more, a more serious note, though, 11 year old trans girl sues her state because they're banning her from cross country. Governor Jim Justice said he couldn't think of any transgender type kids in his <laughs> actual quotes in his state when he signed the sports ban. Now one of them is suing. And now anybody who has not been living under a rock their entire lives or has any sense of really anything and isn't an old ass person, old ass white guy who has been in office for 450 years, obviously knows there's diversity. Whether you want the diversity or not, it does not matter. They're all, we're all still here. Um, when he, as soon as he said that, I, I remember watching that quote with you actually, I was like, here it comes. Good. I hope he burns at the stake. But anyway, yeah, we uh, coming. We're going to be talking about that, you know, because like we talked about diversity. We are here. So coming up next, that's what we're going to be talking about. And we are back. And as Matt mentioned, we're going to be talking about diversity. Uh, I saw some of these numbers. A new study came out, um, and there's a. And when you talk about the LGBTQ community and identification in that community, there's been a rise of five. 0.6% in the latest U.S. estimate. Uh, now, those are the latest results on based on more than 15,000 interviews conducted throughout 2020 with Americans age 18 and older. So this was, I thought, was really interesting, this part. A majority of LGBT Americans say they're bisexual, 54.6%. I say a little shocking because, well, I, I don't believe this, but you always hear it in the community with some people, some people being like, oh, bi doesn't exist. Bi is not real. You're I've either seen gay. Some really nasty hate against it. Like, uh, against bi. Like, our bi people in the community, they take so much fire. And I'm like, why? Oh my God. Like, you would think, <laughs> oh, wow, they're kind of, you know, they're going to, they could fit into either community. And that is not what happens. There is no anger. I'm like, y'all. Oh my goodness. And it's, it's that annoys me because it's like, okay, if you're in this community, you, you deal with issues, but why are you right. going to then turn against somebody who would be in this community? Like, I don't under, I do not get it. And it really angers me. <laughs> right. But unless they are literally supporting Caitlyn Jenner, then why? I mean, and you know what? And on that, she is a monster, but use her correct pronouns. She is a woman. She is, she is a woman. She is an awful person, but yes. we will not. We do not misgender, and we do not fuck with pronouns just to get in a cheap shot. It's not cute, and it's not okay. There's a yep. a lot of reasons why she's awful. Stick with one of those. Well, and I, that we, yeah, we mentioned like uh, last week when we were talking about something. But to make sure you're not doing stuff like that, and also if you're going to make statements or argue, make sure you have the actual facts. Because if you don't have the actual facts, or you're doing what uh, Matt is talking about misgendering thing. You lose your whole point of argument. Right. Even if you're trying to be dumb, you, you just, it's not cute. It's not okay. Don't do that. You don't, you would not want it done to you. That is, that is not helpful because you're, yeah, you're going to get that dunk and people are going to be like, Oh shit. You know, you're going to get that from the straight people, but who's also going to see that is every other member of the LGBTQ community watching you as well as people who are wanting to come out and hoping to find some semblance of support only to see their own community use them as a punching bag or a punch line. It's not cute. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, and again, looking at these numbers, 
54.6% of the community, LGBTQ community, uh, says they're bisexual. Uh, as far as gays, 24.5% and trans make up 11.3%. Um, and so that, that shook, out, shook out kind of what I thought. I was a little surprised on the bisexual uh, number being be so large. I thought it was going to be lower, and I thought gay was going to be a little bit higher. Not by large numbers, but I, I thought they I might be I think a lot swapped. of people identify as bisexual internally, but they essentially just live their lives on one side or the other because maybe they're married to somebody or dating somebody who is of the opposite. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have they happen to be living uh, one way or the other, so they just kind of roll with that publicly, and the rest is because what you reveal privately in a in an anonymous survey or where your name is going to be used is a little different than, um, you know, what you would say. Come on here and talk about. Yeah, if we were to survey those same fifteen thousand people here, where everybody could see them, would we have the same answers? You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing also when you're looking at that bisexual number, I think a lot of people, it's not put here as a thing, but I think a lot of people now as they're exploring things are more pansexual. Um, and as David Archuleta was actually saying, uh, his all of this thinking in his head over time is way more fluid than like black or white. And I think you, that that's why you may be seeing this number a little bit higher is because People are fluid in their thinking and their what they believe and who they are. It's it's a very fluid situation. It's not like I'm this or I'm that. Um, and I think uh, when you're thinking of bisexual and then a thing now pansexual, I think a lot of people relate to that a lot. Um, and it just doesn't get really talked about. Or if you are out in public, you know, you might see someone with a guy. And you might be like, oh, they're gay, but they could just be pan or bi. Um, so, yeah, I think that number actually does. When you actually start thinking about it, does make sense. Um, now, one of the main reasons LGBT identification has been increasing over time is that younger generations are far more likely to consider themselves to be something other than heterosexual. So one in six adults in Generation Z Oh, so far away from us, Matt. But <laughs> Generation Z, one in six adults considers themselves LGBT. Now, the vast majority of Generation Z adults who identify as LGBT, 72% of them say they are bisexual. So again, I think it goes to the same, the same thinking is that we're fluid. People, you know. Yeah. I think we've all known that. And so many other cultures, it's just not even a thing. Whereas here, we're obsessed with, you know, I think as we're like the land, uh, it's like, like I said earlier, like we're like, we're not a Christian nation. We don't have an official language. I think there's almost that scramble to try to categorize everything possible. And currently we have like walking on the earth. We have Gen Z as adults, millennials, Gen X and boomer generation. And you can just see four totally different trains of thoughts that have that are running on the hill and it's, it's something and you know, one becomes more. So like Clint and uh, you know, Clint from the auto riff who we did, the, mm-hmm. he joined us once or twice. He and his wife are doing a, like a segment of t- trying to educate their straight. They're trying to educate their straight community on what 
we are, like what the LGBTQ community means, like what it stands for. And they'd ask me kind of where to start. I said, start by defining the difference between sex and gender. Start there, like by a lot, like start there. That'll help you. But seeing that it's like when one of the first, his opening lines, he's like, when Matt came out to me, the, to me, like I, we always thought, even he thought it was like, you're gay, you're straight or you're bi. You didn't really know because mm-hmm. we weren't involved in the community. I wasn't involved in the community. I didn't know. And then of course you, you learn that there's words for things that you didn't know there were words for, you know, like, like David is gay, but he's also asexual. You know, he's not just asexual and nothing. It's, he's a whole person. Um, but one falls under the other and it's not complex really. And it's not new. You just didn't know there were words for it because you're not those things. So you didn't live in that life. So, mm-hmm. but being aware of those around you and, you know, it's like, Oh, Oh my God, this, the world is a lot more vibrant and colorful than you could have ever realized. And it's beautiful, you know? So I think it's really interesting. And especially with social media, TikTok, you know, well, Vine became TikTok and all these other social medias that have jumped up, especially like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, all these ways of communicating with each other and interacting with different people all across the country, all around the world. And it's shown that we're, yeah, we're all really different, but we all really are part of these various communities and populations. And we can talk about it with each other. It's not a hidden secret. Back in the day, if you had close friends that you talked to, it was probably the kids in the neighborhood. And yeah, you kind of had to work out with, hang out with the ones that were the ones you clicked best with, which you may or may not actually even like that much. But now you have the freedom to interact with people who, you know, vibe with you. And that's great. Um, I've noticed Gen Z getting a little sassy lately and just like roasting us every chance we get, but that's okay. You know, I was actually going to them is going to roast them too. So, um, but they're going to be a generation that I think as Gen Z and millennials start taking over offices and growing through it, that I think we're going to see some of the biggest changes. Cause right now we kind of have like the besieges of the boomer era people who are, at the end of their careers, but they've been in the same career for 45 years and don't understand why we can't do that. We can't do that because they won't let go. It's like Diane Feinstein did great things, obviously during, uh, in San Francisco during Harvey Milk's, um, a murder. And obviously she went from there to where she is now, but now she's kind of lost it a little bit. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just have to give up those reins to the younger people. It was like when those young people went to her office and she didn't want to meet with them at first. And it's like you, at a certain point, you have to just relinquish that to the younger, younger people to let them take over training, training people and grooming them for leadership and growth and setting it up that not just protecting yourself. And, you know, in our own community, it's about being, you know, I was trying to explain to Clint a little bit that like for us, a lot of times getting older in the community means trying to be the person you needed someone to be for you without ever really of having that person. Um, so it's, you know, as we see Gen Z rising behind us, I think that each generation is going to, we're going to see leaps and bounds um, as we recover and hopefully, but also keeping our history alive. Like, 
like I knew what the AIDS crisis was growing up, but to me, I was always taught, oh, it doesn't affect you. It only affects gay men. You're not gay. You know, that's the, what I asked yeah. what it was as a kid because I'd seen commercials and I asked my stepdad about it. That's what he said. Yeah. Because I was like, what is it? And he's like, um, it, he's like, you can only get it from a, from a dirty needle or having sex with a guy. That was exactly what he said when I asked him when I was eight because I'd seen a commercial when we were in the car afterwards. And that stuck in my head. I mean, it was 28 years ago, 27 years ago, and I remember it right now. So, yeah. you know, that tells you anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I, words matter to kids. Yeah, I, I was, uh, when you brought that up a minute ago about Gen Z, it's like, do you ever fear for us that we're going to become like the the Diane Feinstein of our time? And we're oh, just we, going to like... Every generation does it. We, we don't want to let go. Some of us will, some of us won't. That's just, it's like yeah. a natural progression. And it's not, a, it's, it's not meant to be an ageist thing because some people at 88 years old are sharp. They are right there with it. They are on it. They're on it. They're on it. And there's other people who are 42 and not really suited for the role they're in. Yeah. You know, so see, it's, I, it's very I individual. I don't think we have to become like that because my thought on it is we have to be open to change and open to these new thoughts, you know, right. because oh, we don't have to be, but we will be some inevitably every generation has done it from like the beginning of time and all of recorded history, all the history classes of like leaderships and governments. There's always somebody that causes problems because they don't want to let go of their power or they feel they can do it best. So they're yeah. willing to bow down everybody else to get into power. We'll That's what probably do it. That's why I think that we, any of you who listen, it's important to research things, be open to things, uh, and don't stand so strong in your thoughts on things because things evolve, things change, words evolve, like the flag, the flag evolves. We don't have to get stuck on what the flag originally looked like, the pride flag, but many, many right. do. But like, why? There's no reason to. So as people become more maybe right. bisexual, and move on. more pan. Uh -huh. Except that, like for me, that's how it is. For me, I look at things like that and it's like, okay, yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, and, you know, because why get stuck in something? For me and my own personal thought, it's like, why get stuck in something? You know, I'm seeing that this is changing or seeing like, oh, younger people are thinking of this about something. Okay, I see where you're coming from. I'm on, I'm on board Great. with that. Let's move on. <laughs> um, and so I, I would just say, if you are listening, to try not to get stuck in your ways. Uh, research, read things, be involved. Uh, I think if you're involved in the community a lot, uh, you really, you, you can stay up to date as far as Gen Z and the thinking of younger generations coming up. I, I think you will be involved if you, uh, if you just stay involved within the community. Uh, so um, to wrap this up real quick. So as far as women, they're more likely uh, than men to identify as LGBT. Uh, and when we look at this whole thing as a big picture, the pronounced generational difference raises questions about whether higher LGBT identification in younger uh, than older Americans reflects a true shift in sexual orientation, or if it's merely reflects a greater willingness of younger people to identify as LGBT. So um, I thought that I think that was a great conversation. Uh, and really just examining those things. Um, I think the, the bottom line is just be open to things, uh, be open to new things, because many ultimately none of this affects you as a person, you know, what someone else believes or uh, identifies with. It doesn't affect you. 
So let them be, True. you know? Yeah. Let people be like this whole thing of like trying to ban kids from sports. They're playing, they're playing sports. Like, Oh my God, it's not the end of the world. Like the, this has existed from the beginning of time. Like, Wow. it's just like i i think if people would just let people be and not they're so worried about that but not the fact that you know like texas and the our our destroyed infrastructure they're not concerned about how we have a terrible mass transportation we're not care we're not concerned about you know gun control common sense gun control and the amount of mass shootings we've had as things have started to open back up we're not even concerned about you know the the health care that we all desperately need like it's insane and um and just as an update speaking of mass shootings 14 people were shot in austin the other night one has died um of his injuries he died later in the hospital and that was in the news for half a day Mm -hmm. because another shooting happened in chicago you know and yeah i because states are not in on it together it just doesn't it doesn't help if only one place does something. Everybody needs to do that. But, you know, we have Jesus, like people basically I'm surprised we don't have gun reveals instead of gender reveals, you know, just wait for it, Matt. It's coming. <laughs> uh, well, even the person that uh, in, invented the gender reveal, I think their kid came out and they also said uh, gender reveals are stupid. But if you also like if you feel the need to say what your kid's genitals are, just leave it at cupcakes. Oh, my God. Like if you have to do it, geez, <laughs> stop starting forest fires. Um, yeah, no forest fires needed. For real. Um, stop that. So uh, we'll leave it at that. We thank you for joining us for another episode here and we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. So, hey, guys, we want to remind everyone um, that you can keep in touch with us on all of our social media channels, um, whether that is uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can do all of that at the Comacast. And we definitely love to interact and hear from all of our listeners. All of this is not possible without you guys. And if you don't mind rating our podcast on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast uh, provider is, just leave a comment. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you for joining us. See you next time.